From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Finding the time to do this is tricky. Finding the energy to do it sometimes, even trickier. And it just, it wasn't lining up for me this past week. Just was not. Making time now for it. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. This is the podcast I do twice a week. Uh, if if I have time, if I if I don't feel like crap, thank you for downloading. Thank you for hanging out with me for uh, the next half hour or so. As uh, getting through quite a bit, quite a bit here as I'm fumbling my phone because I got everything written down on my phone. But uh yeah, this past week has been proven tricky for me because I finally kicked the cough that I've had for like the last two months. It just it wouldn't go away. I thought, oh man, this this seems kind of chronic. Uh, but I, it has finally subsided, which is good news. Now I've got like this head cold. So I don't have this cough that's in my lungs. I've got everything up in my head now. And I, I, I'll still cough, but it's like from the back of the throat because I, everything's so dry. And when I wake up in the morning, it's just like, ugh. And then you go into an ambient uh, warehouse, a- ambient temperature warehouse where everything's dry and cold. And yeah, you get the idea. And so last night I was going to do it, but just no energy whatsoever. And uh, I was in the recliner. My boy was with me, two-year-old. And Logan fell asleep. I fell asleep. I woke up like around 5 a.m. in the morning and I realized, oh, well, I guess I'm not doing the podcast tonight. Uh, but, but it was like one of the best feelings in the world is like when uh, your young son just sits there with you and you're both tired and you just both conk out. It is, uh, there's nothing like it. Um, but I'm doing it now and I got a busy weekend of uh, watching things ahead of me. Uh, for one, my wife and I, uh, Saturday, will finally get around seeing Iron Claw, the uh, the biopic about uh, the Von Erich brothers, and uh, I think Zach Efron's in it, and it, basically the Von Erichs were like a, a big wrestling deal out there in Tejas uh, back in the 70s and 80s, uh, back when professional wrestling was more regional and you didn't have the Monday Night Wars, and uh, it they... Just, just kind of a rough go. I mean, of the six brothers, only one is uh, still living, still with us. And uh, it, it looks to be a pretty decent story. We, we actually watched uh, um, one of those, uh, what was it? It was Vice uh, Beyond the Mat on the Von Eric. We, we watched that the other day. And that was pretty brutal. I can only imagine what the movie's going to be like, but hopefully it's good. We're going to check that out. And then uh, Saturday night, Colts, Texans. Last game of the season, regular season, uh, Colts win. They're in the playoffs. They'll probably be a a seventh seed because I I just don't see the Jags losing to the Titans. Um, But they have to beat the Texans. Thing is, though, this game is at Lucas Oil Stadium, I think. And, uh, yeah, it is at Lucas Oil Stadium. And and the Texans are a one-point favorite. So... And, and it's kind of kind of shocking, but also not shocking because I think the Texans have a better quarterback. But it's uh, it, it can go either way, in my in my opinion. I mean, it's only they're only like a one point favorite against the Colts. The shoes have a chance, but they have to show up. They have to do this. They can't like you know lay a turd like they did in Atlanta a couple weeks back. They have to get this thing done, take care of business, 
and not rely on faulty playoff math. So, got a movie Saturday afternoon, football game Saturday night. You think, well, okay, you're finally going to go outside and take care of the Christmas lights, which I can actually see uh, on our security monitor right now. And the answer is no, because it's going to be butt-ass cold. And, uh, you know, the older you get, I turned 44 later on this month, the older you get, the more you hate the cold. That's why a lot of old people live down in Florida. Uh, my sisters are younger than me. They live down in Florida. And uh, when I tried recording that uh, botched failed attempt of a, of a Thanksgiving episode a couple months back, uh, my sister Kelly revealed to me that uh, her and her husband left the lights up on their mobile home the entire freaking year. They haven't taken them down yet. So I don't think they're taking them down. But, they, but see, I don't know what... She has said because he's tired and he doesn't have time. And I'm thinking to myself, but you're down in Florida, and when it's cooler, in uh, when it's winter, it's cooler down in Florida. Um, you know, it's not quite like up here in Indiana. You can actually get out there and get it done. It's not like, okay, you wait until August to take these damn things down. You can take it down. Uh, and hell, she could probably do it too, because it's only like a one-story they got. With me, I've got a pretty good excuse, because I'm looking at the weather forecast this weekend. I'm saying, no. Nah, and then I'm looking at next weekend, it's supposed to be even colder. I'm thinking, nah, <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you halfway. I'll take down the Christmas tree uh, Sunday afternoon. That's that's what I'm going to do. Uh, by the way, there's this uh, meme going around on the internet right now talking about you call somebody, they don't hang up, you get $1 million. No, 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 you, you call somebody, they don't pick up, you get $1 million. Who are you calling? I'm betting a lot of people think exes or uh, estranged family members. I'm going a different route here. I'm going to go with my mom. And the reason I said because I love her. And, you know, I, th I think the world of her, and she's actually pretty smart. But when it comes to technology, it's just not her thing, especially with cell phones. So it'd be one of those things where, like, I would call her and she wouldn't pick up initially. And then, like, two minutes later, she would call. Because, you know, that's my, that's my get around here. And I will sometimes text her something. I'll send a text message to my mom, and she'll call me right back. She goes, did, did you just call? No, Mom, I, I texted you. She, she's just not, she's one of those rare people who is not on her cell phone all the damn time. It's just she has it so she can talk to me. She can talk to my sisters. She doesn't have it really for anything else. She's not, she, yeah, she's not a social media person. She's not doing that crap. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's not. First thing. Okay, uh, so another thing I got to watch this weekend, aside from football and, uh, you know, the pro wrestling movie, is the new Dave Chappelle special that's on Netflix. Uh, and, I, and hopefully I get a chance to, it, This is going to have to be pretty late. Uh, God, I, it'll probably have to be after the football game. Um, just kind of give a review about that. But uh, there's already some uh, groaning about, oh, he's going after uh, trans uh, trans people again. Um, and, and other things, but here's, here's the thing, here's the thing, a lot of these people that are complaining about Dave Chappelle are just telling me that they have never grown up with younger siblings, okay, I have three, I've got a younger brother who lives with my parents, and I got two sisters younger than me down in Florida, and, you know, if you think back to your younger si uh, siblings, and how they used to piss you off, and they would just say things and do things. Knock it off, that's not funny. Stop it, stop it. 
did they ever stop? No. So, a good comedian, worth his or her salt, will see this and keep needling. Needling. Because they know they've hit a soft spot. They're not doing this to make you feel comfortable. And in fact, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll link up a joke. This actually kind of, because he references the late, great Norm MacDonald. He was, uh, Dave Chappelle was friends with him. Uh, but Norm MacDonald uh, wrote something uh, in his uh, book uh, based on a true story, which is not really a true story. It's just him effing with you. Uh, but when he and um, Jim Downey and the rest of them sat down to do Weekend Update for Saturday Night Live right off the jokes, their number one rule was don't pander. Don't make the audience comfortable. Sometimes the joke will hit, sometimes it won't. But don't pander. Don't try to get the big claps. Get something that might make them groan. Or make get something that might make them laugh later. And I think that's Dave Chappelle's approach. Yeah, he's he'll say things that will get the crowd to agree with him. But he's not afraid to take shots at the crowd either. It's a fine line. And again, I want to link up this, uh, this one joke he did about meeting Jim Carrey on the podcast page. By the way, uh, congratulations to Universal Studios. Um, as, as rough as it has been for Hollywood, uh, recently, uh, Universal is, uh, in 2023, in terms of box office gross, the number one studio, not, not Warner Brothers with Barbie. I mean, Barbie's the, the big money maker of any movie, but Warner Brothers had a lot of misses outside of Barbie. Uh, one thing, two things that really put, uh, Universal over was Super Mario Brothers, that movie. And that and my girls love that movie. It took them to see that earlier this year. It, it, Super Mario Brothers movie was more of a Disney movie than any recent Disney offering. And they got it. They they actually got the characters and people, kids, adults, because Mario's been around for like 40, 50 years now. They loved it. And, you know, it's weird. You make something people love and they'll go and watch it. And the fact that they also brought in uh, uh, this one director, Christopher Nolan, you might have heard of him. Uh, the fact that he took a uh, movie, a three-hour movie about politics and physics and made it into a blockbuster, uh, Oppenheimer, that, that is just incredible. The guy's a genius, and Universal uh, signing him for this movie, genius move. So, yeah, that's... You, you reap success where you can. They had two bi two of the biggest movies this year, if not the biggest. They had Super Mario Brothers and Oppenheimer going for them. So congrats to Universal. By the way, Christopher Nolan, I mean, I do praise him a lot. I can't say I like every movie he's done. Okay. It, it, you know, I just Spielberg. Love Spielberg. Can't say the same thing. Scorsese, the Coen brothers. Uh, no, you, every now and again they make a turkey. It just happens. Uh, but Christopher Nolan uh, was talking about uh, trying to avoid criticism. You know, it, it, when you make a movie, people have an opinion about your movie. Uh, anytime you make any form of pop culture, uh, you contribute. You're going to have people that love you or loathe you. Uh, and he tries to avoid it when he can, but sometimes it's just impossible. Case in point, uh, trying to keep in shape, he was doing one of those uh, remote Peloton classes where you're on your little Peloton bike that costs like uh, uh, three kidneys. He's doing this, and uh, the Peloton instructor, Cordy Nolan, uh, talked about one of Christopher Nolan's movies going, oh, have you seen that? Don't waste your time. It sucks, basically. And Nolan 
is in this dude's class. And he's just like, oh, come on, man. And <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, you just, you just run into shit like that. Uh, doesn't say what movie it was. I, I can tell you, I, I haven't seen Tenet yet. Um, I know some people were kind of, that was kind of lukewarm. But two movies of his that I'm not a big fan of is Interstellar, which is just like, uh, it's almost like M. Night Shyamalan. It's, it's, it's such a reach. And then uh, The Prestige, which had this air of like really being a great movie about magicians and it becomes a bizarre-ass X-Files episode. It's just like, if it was one of those two, I, I would agree. Can't say anything about Tenet. I don't think it's about Oppenheimer, though, because that, that was actually a pretty good one. Oh, um, by the way, uh, Elvis Aaron Presley this month would have been 89 years old. Uh, that is, of course, if you don't believe he makes appearances at Memphis Burger Kings here and there. You know, some people think he's still alive. I don't know. I, even if he faked his death, I mean, 89, it's possible. I just don't see it. Um, but now, because this is the trend, there is going to be a Elvis hologram um, uh, touring around the world. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. They're going to uh, unveil this later on this year in uh, London. It's going to make stops in Berlin, Tokyo, Las Vegas. Probably, we're, we're, I'm not sure what venue in Las Vegas. But the, the Elvis uh, hologram is going to hit the road, 3D hologram, and it's supposed to really wow you, really impress you. But here's the thing. Elvis is dead, um, and this is a hologram, and they're taking pre-recorded music and taking a light show, and basically that's what you're watching. It's not the same experience. And, I, and, and again, I talked about this with other hologram uh, performers like Tupac and Freddie Mercury, you know, those guys were unique for their time. And just like any human, they are no longer with us. And, yeah, they leave behind a catalog of music that you can listen to anytime. But to go and say, okay, this hologram is this person, or, hey, look at this hologram, lip sync your per favorite performer's music, it, it just, it feels like a ripoff. And there's people that will actually go along with it. I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I never will, ever. Uh, not against this, though. Uh, in terms of sports coverage here, Snoop Dogg will be covering uh, the Olympics for NBC. Well, not not the entire thing. I'm sure Mike Tirico is going to be, like, heavy into this thing. But Snoop Dogg in Paris doing his thing. Cool idea, but you know what would be even cooler is um, instead of being in Paris for the Olympics, giving his two cents, Snoop Dogg in Amsterdam. At a cafe, giving his two stand, uh, two cents. And by the way, in uh, cafes, not necessarily coffee joints in Amsterdam, if you know what I mean. Uh, if you if you're gonna bring Snoop Dogg in on uh, Olympic coverage, you gotta you gotta go full Snoop. You have to. Okay, so Monday Monday night, uh, the national championship. It'll be uh, Texas. It'll be Washington, just like everybody predicted this year, right? Um, uh, Sugar Bowl coverage. Uh, where that thing went on way too damn late. Uh, that's where Washington beat Texas. Uh, ESPN is apologizing uh, for a pair of boobs being flashed during the game. I guess when they were out on Bourbon Street showing the uh, ambiance, the, the lively culture of New Orleans, 
uh, some young lady flashed her boobs and quickly covered them up. But, you know, the, again, this game went light. So, I mean, safe harbor hours. I mean, you should be protected by that, right? You know, because what, what kid, what eight-year-old is going to be up at like 1130 watching the third quarter of this game? Especially if they had to go to school the next day after a long holiday break. Here, Okay, but here's the thing, too. It's New Orleans, and you're out there with your camera. You're a worldwide leader. You're the you're ESPN. You got your camera crew doing this live thing. You couldn't just shoot B-roll and edit this crap. You had to actually show it live. And it's New Orleans. I mean, they, you know, Mardi Gras. They, they, they have that reputation where, okay, oh, there's a camera crew. Somebody's going to show their boobs. Somebody's going to show something. You're apologizing because... This was totally accidental. Yeah, okay. <laughs> who, was the, who was the production lead on this? Seriously, was this their first time in New Orleans? Was this their first time ever hearing of New Orleans? Okay, so the big story this past week. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, with the lawsuit and the, the documents revealed. It's... I don't know if there was a ton of fire here, but there is definitely smoke coming from the next room, if you get what I mean. Um, and there's they're hinting at more documents, more reveals. A lot of it just, a lot of it like business type people who are known clients, I guess. But I saw that Megyn Kelly on um, her, was it her XM Sirius show says that we're probably going to hear more. And she guarantees you'll hear more about Jeffrey Epstein. So, you know, she knows something. She hints that she knows something. We'll see. We'll see. But, but everybody on the internet knows something about Jeffrey Epstein. Wink, wink. Um, but the, th the big thing here, well, there's a couple of big things here. Uh, the first big thing is Bill Clinton. Now, again, his name appears in the document quite a bit. But this is uh, because somebody said something about Bill Clinton, like in these documents. There's no smoking gun necessarily, but there's a lot of alleged action from him. Like, for instance, it was uh, alleged that Jeffrey Epstein said that Bill Clinton likes them young. And then uh, when this, uh, there's an email exchange and uh, uh, Virginia, the, uh, the, the young lady that uh, was sued, uh, filed this lawsuit, uh, said uh, that, at one point that uh, Vanity Fair was going to do an expose from two known uh, women that actually worked for him and that Bill Clinton came into the office and put the kibosh on this. Like, you know, he, he, he threatened them. He's like, don't, don't you threaten my friend Jeffrey Epstein. And, uh, you know, they shut that story down. Of course, there's a lot of re uh, refuting and, oh, that's not true, but who knows, right? It's, it, you know, again, with uh, the Me Too movement, he said, she said, and that's what you got going on right here. But knowing what you know about Bill Clinton and previous activities and previous allegations, this doesn't surprise you, sadly. Um, but we'll see what happens if uh, anything else, um, I guess, juicy kind of falls from this. I mean, but there is there there isn't the client list. Uh, that a lot of people keep thinking one day will pop up. I don't know if it ever will, uh, because another uh, another thing in these documents was uh, that uh, he actually had somebody go and uh, get rid of his computers before the FBI showed up. So, 
Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a big cliffhanger there. But what one thing I thought, one thing that become, became kind of a bigger story this week was uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the New York Jets. That's still weird to say. Uh, he was on Pat McAfee's show. He's got a, a weekly spot where they, you know, kind of, uh, you know, bullshit. And uh, he cut. I don't know how that came about, but like he made this uh, comment that, about Jeffrey Epstein's list, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I, I bet Jimmy Jimmy Kim, Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want this list to come out." And, and that set off a firestorm, two firestorms here. Okay, because uh, as soon as he said that, not too uh, long after he said that, uh, Jimmy went on to Twitter. And basically called Aaron Rodgers an asshole and a soft brain. And you endanger my uh, family with this comment. And if you wanted to debate more about this stuff, why don't you, uh, why don't we do this in court? So he's threatening a lawsuit. And, you know, when I'm looking at this whole thing play out, and just how grave these comments are. And... I kept thinking to myself as I'm looking at everything, not only is this not funny, but Jimmy Kimmel can't tell a joke to save his life. He's just not funny. I mean, this is a guy, even with a room full of writers, can't come up with anything witty. And he goes on a Twitter and attacks Aaron Rodgers for saying this stuff. Now, Aaron Rodgers didn't say he was on the Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want that list to come out, which kind of, you know, uh, MFs him a little, mind Fs him a little bit. Um, he, he says that. And then, you know, Jim Jimmy Kimmel just goes off on Twitter. And by the way, even if you, I'm not saying Kimmel's on this list, but if somebody says something that you feel to be slanderous about you, wouldn't you consult a lawyer first? and go and do a cease and desist before going on to Twitter and calling somebody an asshole and uh, soft-brained, essentially, and all that other stuff. Wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't that be the reasonable thing? That'd be more Michael Corleone than uh, Sonny Corleone. You know what I mean? And also, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't threaten your family, and I don't think anybody uh, who's uh, interested in this whole Epstein thing would go after Jimmy Kimmel's family. Uh, no one said anything about your family, Jimmy. You're just getting really worked up about something. I don't know if it's because he has anything to hide or he's getting tired of being falsely accused of something. But it's just, he played this way wrong. And everybody, anybody with a half a brain would say he's a big crybaby. And, you know, that, that maybe should be his new handle. The Man Baby. Jimmy Kimmel. The Man Baby. Jimmy Kimmel. Comedy Central. There you go. The other thing, uh, the other battle that came up with this is all the think pieces from uh, sports media uh, about how both Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee should shut up. Like, there's a lot of sports writers, sports pundits that don't like Pat McAfee because he's not one of them. He's a former athlete, and he's he's not really he's not very polished. He's just he's like somebody you would sit at a bar and have beers with, and that's just not them. 
they don't do that. They write about stuff that people at bars who have beers talk about with each other. They don't associate with those people. Aaron Rodgers too. They they you know they don't want him to talk about you know this or that you know his stance on you know the vaccine medicine and look I don't take medical advice from Aaron Rodgers I don't care but I also don't take medical advice from these sports writers and by the way Deadspin should be the last group on earth bitching about somebody getting it wrong. Just three weeks ago, they went after a kid watching a football game because they thought he was wearing blackface. You know what I mean? This is these people are so effing uptight about everything. Everything is a tragedy. Everything is an emergency. There's no wit. There's no comeback. It's just shut up. We'll sue. Shut up. You're spreading misinformation. Shut up. And they do this crap. On a daily basis. I mean, how many times has Jimmy Kimmel slandered somebody uh, in a monologue just for the sake of a punchline? They need to grow up a little bit. But uh, there you have that. That's my take on that whole thing. All right. Uh, Claudine Gay, uh, the uh, former president of Harvard, uh, you know, she couldn't condemn people uh, with the anti Jewish protests on her campus. She can't say that's a hate crime came out that she plagiarized a whole bunch of crap and people were upset that we found out and now she's no longer president. And you would think that uh, that would be enough, you know. No, she's still on the, the board at Harvard. She's still at the, on the board at Harvard and she's going to retain most of her salary, which is uh, only $900,000 a year. So I think she'll make it. She'll be okay. Um... This goes back to something I've been ranting about a whole hell of a lot in uh, previous podcasts. Public or private, universities need to be audited. People need to start pushing back. People need to stop just writing donation checks. Uh, because the these groups, these universities, are not preparing kids for the real world anymore. They're just getting them pissed off. Really. And... You know, you have this woman lie and cheat to get to the position she's in, and she can't condemn a group that is talking about pushing another group of people into from the river to the sea. You know, you can't live in the sea. If you're human, you can't live in the sea unless, you know, you're a mermaid, but that's, you know, half a human. You can't. She can't condemn that, and she gets found out. So now you have all these universities that, you know, just basically foster mentality they're not bringing students in to learn practical things if you're a parent you got kids I would just say to you talk to them about what they want to do if they don't have an immediate answer that's fine sometimes it takes a while to figure out what you want to do if they want to be a doctor if they want to be a lawyer if they want to be an engineer yeah go to university go to college if they don't know don't pressure them to go to college uh, and there's no shame in going to trade school the biggest crock of shit is telling every kid that they have to go to college because an education is a terrible thing to waste, as the old saying goes. But how many people have walked, gone to school five, six, seven years, switched majors countless times with a general studies degree or philosophy degree or gender studies degree or something degree, some sort of studies degree, and they can't apply it to anything 
and they're tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. It's crazy. And because of that mentality, we're enabling people like Claudine Gay to climb the ranks. And the university system is public or private, Ivy League or MAC. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. It's just, it's all over. This entitlement. It's bullshit. And the best way to push back on them is not necessarily sending every kid to school. Not necessarily making donations if you're an alumni. And I tell you what, you have to start questioning, at least with publicly funded universities, uh, how much of your tax money goes to these colleges. I mean, that's... That's the best way to fight back. Um, giving them money doesn't make them better people. It rarely does. I mean, Paris Hilton was born into money. Do you think she's a better person? No. <laughs> that's that's just, yeah, common sense right there. I would hope that was common sense. All right, uh, let's wrap it up with something a little more uh, I don't know, a little more lighthearted. Finally, you know, I don't think there's anything more lighthearted than an exploding toilet. A Florida man is suing a Dunkin' Donuts in Florida after two years ago this weekend. Never forget, he went to use the bathroom and it exploded. The toilet exploded on him as he's using the bathroom covered in feces. He's emotionally distraught, physically distraught. He is suing for $50,000. For an exploding toilet. I don't know. I, I, that seems to be a little low to me. That, that seems like a low ball number. $50,000. Covered in shit. And, and you're traumatized. You're physically unable to do anything. You can't even wipe yourself anymore. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> he's only suing for $50,000. That would barely cover his legal fees, I would think. I, I mean... I don't know. They're... There's something to this. A toilet just doesn't explode. <laughs> it just doesn't explode. Not at least the way I'm envisioning it. Envisioning it, it doesn't explode. I wonder if any time he hears a flush toilet, he just curls up in the fetal position and just soils himself. Yeah, fifty thousand dollars isn't going to go far. You know, you got people suing millions of dollars, millions of freaking dollars over sandwiches that are too small. He's going for fifty thousand. Uh, that's barely an annual salary for a lot of people. And with all that said and done, I'm done. Till next time, whenever I decide to report, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com/backslashmDavidsonLive. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 